a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. 237 here at KSL News Radio. On Friday, if you remember, we spoke with interim superintendent of the Salt Lake School District, Larry Madden. We talked about uh, we talked about the vaccine. We talked about today. We look forward to today. As you may know, today's a huge day for the Salt Lake City School District. Yeah, day one back in the classroom. There are some students who are right now, today, a, they are seeing their friends. You know, unless they found ways outside of school to get together, they're seeing their friends and certainly their teachers face-to-face for the first time since last year, early last year. It hasn't quite been a year yet, but it's felt like about eight years. I wonder what it's like for them today. I bet they're having a blast. I bet they're having fun. Maybe a little nervous and timid. You know, I'm sure there are some pretty intense COVID-19 protocols in place, but, man, they're back with their friends. They feel a little bit of that excitement and familiarity that they have uh, felt for all the years leading up to today. Hmm, memories they made with their friends. Part of this, part of the, this little sentimental streak you hear in me from time to time talking about school is that uh, as I get you know older and have now a daughter of my own, I look back so longingly at my days uh, in high school and elementary school. If you, you know, I, I, you're probably not a student right now. You wouldn't be listening. You're probably at school, hopefully. Uh, but if you've got some kids at home, would you do me this favor? I'll, I'll do this with Piper tonight uh, when I get home. Do me this favor. Pick just one story from your growing up years. Maybe they weren't so great. Maybe it was tough. But uh, I'm sure if you comb through all the memories you've got, you'll uh, you'll find one that was heartwarming and something you think back on, uh, some great adventure you went on with your friends. Share that with your uh, children tonight, will you? Add it to the top to it, too. When you're sitting around the, the table talking about the big Senate trial coming up tomorrow and Lee Lonsberry's gun report, uh, share with them, will you, a story from uh, your school-age years. Uh, because those are some memories that, well, you know, you understand. Uh, they're so welcoming and they're so warm. And when things get dark, you think back to those carefree days. Remind uh, your youngsters that they're living some carefree days right now, despite this pandemic. Anyway, uh, that's all. I'm not sure what's going on in my mind today. I, I'm just getting sucked down these rabbit holes and these tangents, these little nostalgia pulls. Anyway. Uh, I want to talk to you for a, a little bit about the, the vaccine, uh, how it is being rolled out in uh, schools. We're going to, for the duration of this week, dedicate another half hour of each day's program uh, to the impact of the vaccines on schools. I want uh, to hear uh, from teachers. I want to hear from parents. I want to talk to administrators and parents and teachers and union folks and students. Uh, the, the impact of the vaccine uh, cannot be ignored. Uh, and its role in getting us back into the classroom. I know that Utah, for the most part, had pulled that off already. But I wonder if there is a certain 
new measure of comfort and calm that exists amongst uh, teachers and the support staff and those who each day report to a place uh, where, you know, kids gather and it feels, you know, I know we're not all experts at this and uh, the CDC has got itself some guidance that's going to be handing down here pretty soon. But, uh, you know, we've kind of been conditioned over the past year to be nervous of big groups and gatherings. And what is school if not a, a big group and a gathering? Uh, all right, uh, that's enough of me. Let's hear for a moment from Larry Madden, interim superintendent of the Salt Lake City School District, talking about uh, how the vaccine's been rolled out thus far, all of it leading up to, in this school district at least, uh, today's return to the classroom for in-person instruction. Well, I, I can't speak for any individual, uh, but I, I can say I've been to the clinics, and I, I mean, it's really the, it's almost a festive atmosphere. It kind of reminded me of waiting in line at the Olympics as uh, you know, people were people were pretty positive. Um, we've we've vaccinated. We've been able to vaccinate over 2,100 uh, of our employees so far. So we're we're doing pretty well. Uh, after next week, everyone will have had the opportunity to be vaccinated, and then we'll start working on some. Go back and start working on some of those folks that chose to defer at the start for whatever reason, and we'll start working our way back through them. But I think within the next two weeks, we should probably have our first doses done. And then starting um, next Thursday, we'll be starting with the second doses uh, for the first group that went through. That's huge. Uh, I'm glad to hear all of that. And I hope that as we go on through this week, we learn more and more uh, that that is the case at schools across the the great state. Uh, A little bit of trivia for you. Not exactly a tangent, but in terms of size, do you know where Salt Lake City School District ranks compared to other districts in terms of the number of students? I'm not sure why this struck me, but uh, just a moment ago, I was curious uh, about that. And I, in my mind, believed it to be much larger than it is in reality. In terms of number of students, uh, how does Salt Lake City School District stack up? Well, let me ask you this. Do you know the largest school district in the state? Alpine, correct. Uh, Behind Alpine, Davis. Behind Davis, Granite. All right, we're three deep so far. Nothing from Salt Lake. Jordan. Canyons, Nebo, Weber, Washington County School District. That's eight. Salt Lake not coming in until the ninth position. I didn't realize that. I I probably shouldn't admit my own ignorance here, but maybe there's nobility in doing so. Uh, Yeah, 23,000 students, at least according to the data here in front of me. Um, Okay, this this data is a couple years old, so I'm sure it's grown since then. But uh, I bet it's grown uh, fairly proportionally. Uh, and the Salt Lake City School District, not that big. Uh, my graduating class, I graduated from Mount Morris Central School. My graduating class contained 52 students, 52 students in the 2003 graduating class of Mount Morris Central School. Uh, sorry, that was a tangent. Uh, getting back to the task at hand. Earlier this morning on D2, speaking with Dave and Dejanovic, Yandri Chatwin, you've heard her here on this program uh, a number of times. She is with the Salt Lake City School District. She said it's hard to say when they'll have everyone, referencing the teachers, hard to say when they'll have everyone vaccinated and explained the percentage of teachers and employees that have had the first dose, similar to the data we got from uh, Superintendent Madden. We've got about 2,100 of our 3,400 employees who have been vaccinated with the first dose. We're excited this week to start giving the second dose to some of our employees. And uh, the the end date for everyone to be vaccinated, that's hard to say. We kind of go from week to week. The health department lets us know how many doses we get at the beginning of the week. Um, So it's hard to know 
when we're going to be done. But we feel really good that we've got almost two-thirds of our teachers with the first uh, the first dose of the vaccine. And I shouldn't just say teachers. It's all, all of our employees, bus drivers, child nutrition workers, our paraprofessionals, everyone who's working with kids. Time is tight, and I really should go to a break right now, but I want you to hear this. There was a final question asked this morning of Yandri Chatwin by Dave and Dejanovic, and it had to do with the teacher bonuses. There's an argument that could be made that without this notion of a bonus, if if this whole idea had never been brought up, the Salt Lake City School District may not be back in in in-classroom instruction. Now, depending on who you ask, you know, they'll... You'll get a different answer to that question. Uh, and the, as I have asked this question of, say, uh, the school, the superintendent, others, they tell me, oh, no, it's the, the, the vaccines. With the vaccines here in the arms of teachers, we're comfortable going back to the classroom. Uh, it, I don't know. You'll have to answer that for yourself. But the question about that bonus, that $1,500, at least $1,500 is what was initially proposed, uh, was asked of Yandere Chatwin. When will the teachers and staff see their bonuses? We anticipate that our, our employees will qualify since our schools um, have been opened by that deadline of February 8th. And that's a great question. I'm actually not sure when the legislature is going to disperse that money and employees will be able to see that. But we hope it's very soon. They deserve it. It is dependent on the state legislature. The, the deadline, the amount, all the details uh, about this deal uh, come from legislative proposals. And it would need to wind its way through the system uh, for teachers to receive that money, if it uh, if it even comes to fruition. All right, we're going to take a break right now. When we return, we're going to be speaking with a teacher herself in the Salt Lake City School District. Uh, she has received the vaccination. She's a teacher. How does she feel being back in the classroom, and how are other teachers in her circle feeling? That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Final segment of today's program. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for this afternoon. Uh, it's been a thrill. We've covered a lot of ground today. If you want to go back and catch anything that you've missed, please download the KSL News Radio app. It's powered by Any Hour Services, and on there you can listen to archived episodes of this program and all the shows we bring you here on KSL News Radio. Uh, looking forward to this uh, next conversation, the final chat for uh, today's program. It's with a school teacher, uh, Mrs. Jackley Conkling, joins me, uh, a social studies teacher at. Highland High. Uh, Ms. Conklin, welcome to the program. How are you? I am well, thank you. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm anxious to speak with you for, for a number of reasons. I want to talk to you about uh, your experience with the, the vaccine, how you are seeing it, maybe change the attitudes and, uh, I don't know, inspire some confidence maybe uh, in the classroom. But also, uh, as someone I know who has been teaching for, for some time, uh, how are the students handling this? Let, let's start with the the vaccine. I, I presume you've been uh, vaccinated yourself. Yes, I have, and I get my second vaccine Thursday. Outstanding. Uh, how does that make you feel going into the classroom? Were you were you nervous uh, ahead of time leading yeah. up to today? Yeah. And, and has the vaccine helped at all? I think mentally, it's given me that boost that you kind of need that you know you can see an end to this, and that. If everybody gets the vaccine and does what they're supposed to do, um, I think we'll be back to whatever is normal um, by next school year for sure. That'd be that'd be great. That'd be wonderful. Wouldn't, huh? that, wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. How, how are your colleagues I've doing? I've taught for thirty years. You, you said 30, um, 30 years. Thirty years. Yeah. 
That's a that's an amazing service. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. But I love my kids, as do 99.9% of the teachers everywhere. I have a phenomenal group of teachers. They they are just so awesome. And it's been, you know, everybody's a little bit squeamish. The younger generation of new teachers coming in who haven't had the vaccination yet are a little worried. But, you know, some of us that have that initial first vaccine are feeling better about it. So I I think being back in the classroom with today was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I had very few kids here, but it was just nice to see them. Describe I that mean, Describe first, that first moment this morning, the, the, the first time in the classroom uh, since, what, was it last it April just, or so? Yeah, March. Um, it was just, you know, I'm back in my room. Um, the kids are there. They're smiling and talking. I mean, I couldn't see their smiles because they were in masks. <laughs> but you can just tell their eyes are, they're glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's. It was good for them. It certainly was good for me. You said not many so, students. Yeah. Uh, what what percentage no. do you think are going to be back in the classroom? Uh, I would say the younger students are coming. The ninth and tenth graders, for example, were a lot more than my seniors. I teach seniors mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, so my seniors weren't here. I think I had four in my first class. That's all. Oh, wow. But it's so you know eight o'clock in the morning. So. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've become accustomed <laughs> to a certain way of uh, learning, yes. which may not involve being yes, dressed by eight a.m. <laughs> exactly. I mean, when you when you can, you know, zoom from your bed, it's yeah. it's great with your hair standing on end. W- would you see that? And, would you see the students zooming from from bed? Oh, to yeah. Bed? yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> How do you you know, and some of them. It, it was it was fun. Yeah. I mean. How do you think they'll do down the road? I've been I've been curious about how how the students or how the young people who have gone through this past year, specifically you know twenty twenty and all the disruption and those uh, lingering disruptions that endure today, will they go will they go on into adult life? Uh, will, will they be will they be stunted or crippled at all? Will they be able to overcome these challenges? I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do. I have great faith in uh this generation i really do um and that's from kids online that i've had all year um and see i teach u.s government so um it's been quite the year oh my gosh to yeah. say the least. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what every day somebody inspires me so how do you I mean can't say well just the things they say and they're and most of them, you know, they they might grumble a little bit, but most of them are very positive and the, and they want to see change, which is very interesting. So I think they're more adaptable than we get them credit for. I'm I'm so encouraged to hear that. I've got this young baby daughter of mine who's just starting out in life, and I uh, I wonder about her. I wonder about uh, this past year and the impact it's had on her. Uh, but your uh, your belief in their resilience uh, gives me confidence, and you coming from well, I have to believe that. You know, yeah. that's what it's all about. You teach, and I just had two students come back today and say thank you. Now that's pretty special. Yeah. 
Well, what a wonderful thing. I can't help but notice that as you and I have uh, kept continued talking here that uh, the vaccine and the COVID-19, that's kind of faded from the topic of conversation. And we moved on to uh, resilience and the importance of learning. And I, I am encouraged by that fact. I have been so fearful that, uh, you know, both the, the things that I talk about here and the things that uh, preoccupy the minds of uh, young students uh, have been so dominated by COVID-19. Uh, and this pandemic and all the intrusions in our lives. But if our chat here has taught me anything, is uh, you can you can set that aside pretty quickly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They've got a whole life to live. They're excited about it. Very good. Uh, y- y- your fingers are crossed for uh, 100% uh, next school year? Yep. All right. Uh, my fingers Absolutely. are crossed there as well. All right, listen, Ms. Conkling, thank you so much for your conversation. You're and, and would you mind, could we chat more? Uh, could we, from time to time, I'd love to hear how things are, are looking through your eyes as oh, uh, this school absolutely. year goes on. Is that absolutely. okay? Well, I appreciate your perspective and the things you've shared with us here today. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Best of luck tomorrow with day two in the classroom. <laughs> I know. It's going to be fun. All righty. Uh, well, how about that? Take care. Thank you. Uh, lovely conversation. Lovely teacher. And I can't help but think of the uh, the men and women who were my teachers growing up because uh, they possessed exactly the type of spirit you just heard in that conversation with Mrs. Conkling. And some of you may be listening out there uh, and you recognize her voice and her name and can probably testify uh, to, to her strength and her optimism and her good uh, outlook. Uh, there, I do want to say one thing before I go. I have been remiss and we have focused uh, too entirely on teachers in the schools. There are paraprofessionals, there are support staff, there are countless others uh, who are in that setting doing the important work to make sure that the young people of Utah uh, get an education. I just want to uh, point them out and thank them for the work that they're doing. All right, that's it. Time for me to step aside. Tomorrow, impeachment trial. Right now, Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.